Hey, you all, you are listening to another episode of the Going Paperless with ADHD podcast with me, Morgan Dotson. Let's get started. So it is, let's see, it's Wednesday, and I normally record these podcasts on Monday, but um, it's January, and since I own a business, I have to do some taxes before the end of January. I was I was on Focusmate the other day, and I said, I'm going to work on taxes, you know, and I, I said what I was going to work on, and they're like, what? Taxes? It's January. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I didn't think twice about it. I was like, yeah, it's January. I do taxes in January. And it hasn't always been that way. I haven't always been amazing at taxes. That shit is hard and complicated, and it kind of hurts my brain. So... Luckily, I had focus mate. Everything's good. Um, but yeah, it's Wednesday. And right now, I am staring out the window of my office that I stare out of all day long working here. And it is snowing. And I'm so excited. I called my little five-year-old nephew, Sawyer, this morning. And I said, Sawyer, it's snowing. Look. And um, so far, it's just collecting a little bit on the ground. But it is so pretty and it's the first snow of not just 2021 but the whole winter of you know 2020 and now 2021 um so it's very pretty and i get to stare out at this while i record this episode for you and i'm super excited to talk about today's topic which is how to stop losing your to-do lists can anyone relate that's what i thought yes so First, I want to read you a little quote. It's by somebody named Peter Drucker, which I will level with you. I do not know who that is, but I thought the quote was amazing and perfectly sums up what I want to talk to you today about in terms of how to stop losing your to-do lists or maybe your how to stop losing your paper planner or how to avoid the paper planner slash notebook slash journal slash office supplies graveyard that you may have stashed away in a closet of your house, whatever it is, if you struggle with just remembering where your to-do list is or if you keep losing it or you just feel like it's just not working, nothing's working, it doesn't work, help, then this episode today is for you. So the quote is by Peter Drucker, and it says, There is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should be not or should not be done at all. Okay, let me read that again. I'm trying to read off a screen. Can you tell I don't script these? Because if I had to read all these podcast episodes, it would be a nightmare. Okay, let's try that again. Okay, there is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. Peter Drucker. There you go, folks. I love that quote. So... Let's get into the episode. I have several notes here prepared. I don't normally prepare lots. I like to just kind of get on and chat with you and kind of just pull straight from my brain fresh. So um, bear with me today. I might um, have to pause and read my notes, but um, here we go. So the topic today, how to stop losing your to-do lists. It's kind of, I want you to think about it like a symptom. So losing a to-do list is kind of the symptom of a larger problem. Not like a big impending doom type of problem, but it's just a symptom caused by another problem. 
So when you notice you're losing your to-do lists, and of course I'm saying losing your to-do list, insert whatever example for you, it is planner, whatever it is. When you notice yourself losing your to-do list, it's not actually the problem, right? So I think back to a couple years ago when I, um, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. And I remember at the time I was very overweight. I weighed like 200 pounds. I was miserable, tired all the time. Like I couldn't even, like I had, it was an act of Congress to get me out of bed in the mornings. It was excruciating. And so to stay awake throughout the day, that's also when I was doing my professional home organizing business. I would literally drive to people's houses, help them organize, like move tubs all around. I used to say I got my muscles, like my, you know, like my arm muscles from lifting people's boxes and stuff around their house. And that's true. It was hard work, physical work. And at the time too, the thyroid thing was happening. So I was tired all the time, extremely exhausted. It was excruciating, right? So to cope, I would, I would take caffeine pills. I usually would drink coffee with tons of sugar in it, as you can imagine. And like, that did nothing, but at least it like maybe like moved me 1% farther along, you know, more energy. But I would take caffeine pills. I would always have them in my car, you know, take some like before um, like a session with a client at their house. I'm like, it just was a nightmare. So it's not like, I mean, of course, like that didn't solve the problem because I went to the doctor and my doctor was like, okay, you got to stop taking those for sure. Okay, we're going to test your thyroid. We're going to see what's going on. Anyway, long story short, thyroid disease. I have Graves' disease, right? And so I was taking these caffeine pills to try to solve for a much lo- like much larger underlying issue of the thyroid being totally out of whack. Like it was totally like off the charts, crazy. Like no wonder, right? Okay, so stop taking the pills and let's get the thyroid back under control. And once I did that, it was of course excruciating. It's kind of like withdrawals. I mean, seriously, it was. Caffeine, I mean, going off of it, I had withdrawals from it. It was crazy. And I use that example to kind of show you like, I was taking the pills and kind of just running around metaphorically trying to solve for the symptom of low energy, tired, couldn't get my stuff done, couldn't focus. I'm like, okay, well, caffeine, that'll be the thing to solve it, right? So once I got the thyroid under control, which the main the main thing there was like, you first and foremost have to identify the main problem. So the problem wasn't that I was tired. The real problem was a thyroid condition. And I think also in coaching and doing personal development projects and achieving goals and doing thought work especially, you have to develop the skill of identifying the real problem. I think I might do a podcast episode on this soon of just being able to identify that maybe the first step for you is identifying that you're solving for a symptom rather than the problem. And then the second step is, okay, if the symptom that I'm trying to solve for isn't the actual problem I need to solve for, what is the real problem? So sometimes the real problem is something that can be solved strategically with a tactic or a strategy or implementing a new system, whatever it is. It's tangible, it can easily be solved by implementing something, right? Some type of action to take, right? So if we think in terms of the thought, feel, act cycle, sometimes I call it the model, but 
It states that our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions. So if we are taking actions to try to solve a problem, that's one thing. However, this is why coaching is so effective is sometimes, actually, P.S., it's a lot of the time, as, it, as I've noticed in my experience, is a lot of the time, the problem is a thought problem, right? So thought, feel, act. The problem isn't that you need to take a different action and just swap out different actions. If my thoughts never change about the problem, swapping out different actions, like just one after another, like trying a different one, but the thought never changes, you still get the same result of either losing your to-do lists, can't keep track of your tasks or projects or details. Like if your thought is something like, oh, I'm such a messy person and you feel chaotic or chaos or disorganized, and you try to outact the feelings of disorganized and chaos and you know kind of just that overall sense of like i'm a mess maybe there's some shame there too of i'm a mess i can't get my shit together and if i could just stop losing my to-do lists if i could just get that under control then i wouldn't have to feel so disorganized and shame about it And then I wouldn't have to think that I'm a messy person. So notice how the thought never changes of I'm a messy person, but if we try to swap out lots of different actions like, oh, I'll try setting my to-do list over here. I will have one special spot for it. I'll never lose it then. Or if I just had the different kind of planner, right? Like if my planner looked different, a different size, oh, if I get that special planner that everyone's been talking about, you know, that really nice one that I hear about on the podcasts or in the groups or whatever, like that will be the thing that solves it. Then I'll be organized, problem solved. But that is actually working backwards. So let me explain. So the model works in order. Thought, feel, act. One, two, three. It goes in order and you cannot go backwards. So our thoughts always come first and they always create the feeling. And the feeling always, 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 always 100% of the time comes before the action. So if I want to take a specific action, I need to change the feeling that comes before it, right? If I need the fuel of committed in order to never lose my to-do list, to always remember to keep it with me and never lose it? How do I create committed? The emotion of committed in my body is what will fuel that action. How do I create committed, you ask, right? So it's a thought. Our thoughts always create our feelings and our thoughts, the thing about our thoughts too is they are optional. So if I think right now, if I have a thought or belief that I'm a messy person, I am a human with free will. We all are. And the best news ever is that you can switch them, right? Like you can just swap the thoughts. And and sometimes usually you can swap the thoughts, get a different feeling, drive a different action, get a different result, right? But as I grew deeper into thought work and coaching, Sometimes you can't always just swap a thought. You have to really, you know, kind of just tease it apart. Kind of like a thought knot. You think of like a tangled necklace. Sometimes our beliefs and our thoughts are tangled together. And you kind of have to like loosen this little piece over here. And then come over here and try this one. 
and have a lot of patience with yourself with the necklace and like over time you stick with it you tease it apart some more and eventually it, it comes apart and you're you no longer have this big knot but what i want to offer to you is sometimes it's really easy to switch a thought sometimes it's a little bit more tricky but what what i'm kind of trying to say here is if you want to take a new action and get a new result you have to work backwards up the model you can never change an action to get a new feeling so this is why you might feel like you've tried everything and nothing has changed it might be the reason why you feel like you've bought every planner on the market and you've tried every system you've bought every damn journal that target offers in the supply um, aisles right like it might feel like you've tried everything and nothing's working and that's exactly why the problem isn't the action that needs to change at the end of the day do our actions change in order to get a new result yes but what I want to offer to you is that you have to start with looking at why you're taking the actions you're taking now and how can we work backwards and ironically this is actually the easier and more simple and less complicated way to get new results right like I can try all new kinds of strategies all damn day but without changing the thought I still get the same result of disorganization so that being said we have to back up and see where you're at now why are you losing your to-do lists and what is the real problem here so knowing now that our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions we need to take a look at the real problem being a thought so what are the thoughts that are getting in your way right now what are the thoughts that are leading you to feel whatever emotion is coming up for you that drives you to the action of losing your to-do list or really the action here would be not, you know, like not developing a system to manage your to-do lists or developing a workflow to manage all of your incoming tasks and project details and all of that. So I want you just to start thinking about that and I want you to consider that losing your to-do list is just a symptom of the real problem. So that being said, like I said, sometimes the problem is strategic and tangible, but sometimes the problem is intangible and has to do with our thinking more so than whatever actions we take, whatever system we implement, like I could implement any like like I get asked sometimes like what calendar do you use like what what apps do you use because if Morgan can do it on these apps those must be the right apps right like if I can make it work on Trello you know I use my own personal examples for teaching purposes I use Trello for project management I use iCal for calendars and I use Google Drive for archiving things in reference right but you can use whatever the hell you want it just has to be one of them has to be project management one has to be for appointments and a calendar and the other one is where you store your shit right all the files all the documents that kind of thing I use my own teaching examples because like I said sometimes people ask me like well what apps do you use 
That's like the equivalent of asking me, well, what do you eat? You lost 80 pounds, what do you eat? I'll just go and eat that same stuff and then I'll be skinny and I'll lose a bunch of weight too, right? But of course, that's why diets fail is because you don't choose your own protocol with you in mind, created by you with your goals in mind. So your goals may be different from mine. Mine was weight loss, I was overweight, I wanted to lose weight. So it makes sense that that protocol was developed with weight loss in mind. That protocol was developed by me. I chose it. Nobody else chose it for me. And because I'm the one that chose it, I'm not rebelling against the protocol as if it were like a crash diet. I'm not saying, oh, this diet is the worst. It's so restrictive and depriving. Like, I'm the one that made it and I get to make up the rules. So if I don't like the rules... You guys, I can technically change the rules. The same is true in your productivity protocols, right? So I teach and I coach in empowering you to create your own protocol for you in mind, created by you. So whenever you are working your protocol, you're following it, and you're getting results because you made it with you in mind and your goals, if something's not working... A, we need to look at the thought, this isn't working. That is a thought, you guys. That is not a fact. If we look at the thought, feel, act, cycle, our, excuse me, our circumstances always come before thought, but the circumstances and the neutral facts of our life do not determine our feelings and actions. So let me say that again. The facts of the world do not determine our feelings. So if you are attributing your feelings of maybe frustration of because you're thinking the thought, this isn't working, and then you stop following your protocol exactly, you don't take the time to invest in doing an evaluation and seeing what is working about the protocol, what's not working, and then the third thing is, well, what will I change next time? Or what will I change in the protocol to make it work differently? That being said, notice how if you're saying this isn't working and you're saying it as if you are reporting the news to me or reporting the news to a friend or family member or whatever it is or even just to yourself in your own head like this isn't working. Notice how you state that as if it's a fact. I do this all the time, but I always try not to stay there for long because as long as I'm attributing it not working to it being a fact, I can't change that. I have no power over that. But as soon as I recognize that this isn't working is a thought that is optional. Remember, we are human beings with free will on the planet. We can choose whatever thoughts we want, even if we have a zero evidence to believe it, right? So you can always change that thought. You can unthink that thought. You can unbelieve that thought. And sometimes it takes a while to let it fade away, but Usually, you just start practicing a new one and letting that drive your results now. So instead of thinking, this isn't working in regards to your protocol. Whoa, it's snow. I told you guys it was snowing outside. I don't know if you heard that. Somebody like just revved their engine real loud and just like sped past our house. (laughs) I am not sure what they're doing. The roads do not look safe. Okay, I'm coming back. I am not going to get distracted. Come back to me. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay, 
So what, what I was saying was, if you're thinking this isn't working and reporting it as a fact, notice that it's not a fact, but it's just a sentence your brain gave you. And that's what you're attributing the protocol to not working to. Okay, so in order to get a new result of it works, you have to think this works. And I know this is a little meta, but stay with me, right? So if you developed your own protocol, keeping in mind that you get to choose all your own apps, you get the power to choose your own workflow and systems and routines and schedules and the way you set up your folders in something like Google Drive, you are in control of all of it. So if you say this isn't working, well, you get to, you get to change it, right? Like there's no cookie cutter approach that I could give you that will work for you. In the sense of like, I can't just give you a diet that will work to solve all your problems. You have to, yes, I can give you templates. I can give you, you know, information to go off of to develop your protocol. But at the end of the day, your protocol is developed by you and you get to decide the rules. And if something's not working, you have the power to change it to make it work. So this completely eliminates the, uh, this system isn't working. And this is what I used to do too, right? Like you're totally not alone. I'm totally not exempt from this. Whenever I was first going paperless, like, I don't know, five or six years ago, it was, I was in college and I have very vivid, vivid, memory, vivid memories of, sorry guys, I have like something in my eye. I'm trying to touch it. Anyway, weird. Okay. I'm coming back. I have very vivid memories of listening to certain podcasts from mentors of mine and trying to implement their solutions. And of course, I was in very much like a how energy, like I need the exact right how in order for this to work. And if one little tiny thing wasn't working with the system that they recommended or like their thing they taught, whatever it was, then it's not working and I have to scrap the whole thing. So notice how our brains like to use that all or nothing thinking of like, if it doesn't all work, then it means none of it works and I have to throw this entire thing out. However, I get to make up the rules, remember? And I have the power to tweak it to make it work for me. And that's where all your power is. Because as long as somebody else's system is what you're trying to use and copy to your life, you may not get the results you want. You can kind of, I, I like to think of, of like productivity and strategies to go paperless and digital organization, all of that stuff. Like if you think about Googling something and researching things or binge watching YouTube videos, I've done all of it. I have scoured the internet over the years of like obsessive researching. And that's why I've tried so many things. So many different tactics. I've tested so much shit. It's unreal. Like I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I tested so much shit. But that's why I know what works for me now. It's not that I stumbled upon the magic thing. It's not that like I found the right solution. It's that I tested shit and I learned what worked, what didn't work and what I'll do differently. And kind of developing that spirit of I'm going to take this. I'm going to test it. I'm going to take what works and leave what doesn't. And it's up to me to make it work for me rather than relying on the other thing, like your new to-do list or your new planner to do the heavy lifting for you. Okay. So let's, let's recap just a little bit. 
Like I said, sometimes the solution to stop losing your to-do list is tangible, right? Different planner, different notebook, different system. Sometimes it's a thought, like it's an intangible thing. And I want you to notice also how you might catch yourself being kind of in this how-to energy. You know you're in the how-to energy when you say, I just need to try this other thing and that's the thing to work. Or I need to know all the steps in order to start. Or I need to know the exact right how-to in order to know that this will work. And then once I know that this will work, then I can try it. So notice how you can't actually know the how until you do it. You have to, you have to believe like it's kind of like the concept of you have to believe it before you see it. And of course that's cliche and cheesy, but it's kind of true in this situation. Like you have to believe this new thing is the thing that will work. And then your thought of this is the thing that will work. And maybe you feel certain or confident or organized. And then you go out and your action in that thought, feel, act cycle is to consistently, you know, use the system or the to-do list you prioritize keeping it somewhere where you're not going to lose it. You know, you keep tabs on it. You're paying attention to it. And the result of those actions are you don't lose your to-do list. Shocker, right? So notice how if your brain is doing the thing, like being in the how-to energy of, I have to know the exact right steps in order to start. I cannot believe that this is the thing that will work until I feel certain or confident or very sure that it will work and then I will I will put in the effort to do the system and notepad whatever and then it will work but I want to offer to you that you do not need to know the how in order to believe that it will work I want to offer that this whole concept of never losing your to-do lists has way more to do with who you are becoming who you want to become and who you will have to transform yourself into in order to be the type of person who never loses your to-do list. So I'm gonna let that sink in just for a second. It's less about the how and more about the who, right? So in my life, and actually I, I first learned this concept from James Clear, he has a fantastic book called Atomic Habits. It's fantastic and it's probably the closest model you can get to like with the way I teach the Thought Feel Act cycle. And he talks about it like you have to first identify what identity you want and then you act from the identity, from the inside out, right? But if I'm trying to act from like the task and once I do the task, then I'll become that person with the identity that, let's say, works out every day. It just doesn't work. It's kind of the difference between organizing from the inside out versus organizing from the outside in. Now, of course, that is a topic for another day I could talk all damn day about with my past as a previous, uh, as a former professional organizer and now as a coach. I kind of have both sides of it, right? Like organizing from the outside in versus out or the inside out. Okay, we won't get into that today, but stay with me here. Are you still with me? Bring it back. I'm still here. Are you still here? Okay. This concept of being in 
how energy versus who energy, what I want to offer is the who is way damn more important than the how. And also what I have found to be true is starting with the who is ironically the quickest hack to getting any result or goal in your life that you want. What? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. So if you think about it in terms of weight loss, I love weight loss metaphors. Of course, it makes sense. I can tie anything back to the concept of weight loss. You just try me. It is fun. Okay, I am a metaphors queen, right? Okay, what was I trying to say? Okay, so in terms of being the type of person who is currently overweight to developing yourself into the type of person who effortlessly is skinny, who effortlessly eats on protocol, eats what she plans the day before, who doesn't eat sugar or flour and doesn't need sugar or flour or to drink alcohol to feel her feelings. She doesn't use food as a buffer. I want you to think about what type of person you would have to become. What would she be doing or not doing if she were the dream version of who you want to be? So think about this. Like if you envision your dream organized life completely paperless, well, I'll get to that in a second. I'm not even completely paperless because that's not the point. But what I'm trying to say is, what type of person would you have to become to never lose your to-do list? I never lose my to-do list. I know always and forever where my to-do list is. And now, let me back up a second. When I say my to-do list, I want you to think, like, what system would you have to implement? Maybe you do want to keep a paper to-do list. That's totally fine. Like I said, it's your protocol. You get to pick and choose what's in it, what paper you want to keep versus what you want to digitize. And keeping in mind that it's more about the overall system and how paper, like my to-do list, is only one small part that has a very important role in the whole system, right? So my workflow looks something like this. I have a little, like, I think Amazon calls it Stenopad. It's like an 8 by 5 just generic as shit notepad. I scratch the shit out of this thing. It is scratch pad for sure. It's um, spiral bound on the top. And literally, like, I bring this thing everywhere. Usually everywhere. It's not very big. I always know where it's at. I only have one of them at any given time. Now this little notepad, it sits on my desk on the right side of my laptop with a pin on top of it. I like my little black 07 gauge G2 pins. Anyone else out there a fan? I see you. I have one of those on my desk at all times. There is literally, I cannot start my day without this notepad, right? Like there is zero out of zero percent times like I have this notepad not here. It's always here. And throughout the day, as I'm focusing on a project, maybe I'm deep, deep into taxes. Like I said, like I'm deep in taxes. I'm really trying to focus on this one aspect of it or crunching numbers. Like, yes, I use that for like scratching down numbers and remembering this number, going to this different screen, you know, and like I need to look back at it. But the purpose of this notepad is kind of like an inbox. 
and that's an upcoming um, podcast episode too, is I'll be talking about the concept of an inbox. So you'll learn more about that concept later on. But the purpose of my notepad is to, it's actually kind of, there's several layers to it, right? Like if I'm in a project, I'm working throughout the day and I need to jot something down like random, random as shit. Like don't forget to, I don't know, we need to buy milk or at the end of the day, email so-and-so, whatever. Or like I have an idea like, ooh, that would be a good podcast episode. Or, oh, I need to make sure next week I time block time for whatever, completing such and such project. Instead of disrupting my focus in the moment of the project, I jot it down and I let it go and it's on the paper. And the key here is I know I will never lose my to-do list and then I can get back to focusing. I want you to think about when you're inside a project working and you get an idea of something maybe you want to do or remember and maybe you have to go to a different screen maybe you already are using a project management app you have to like go to your different tab and like type it in or wherever where it goes like in the moment your focus is completely gone like you have to go back to your original project and like try to get back in the zone and it's just like it's just done at least that's what it's like for me right like But if I'm in the project focusing and I've got this pad here and a pen, always ready, always non-negotiable, I could be in the project, jot down my idea, pin down, and I'm back to focusing. Like the distractions are zero. I give my brain no excuses to leave the project I'm working on, especially if it's uncomfortable and hard and melts my brain like taxes and numbers, right? Like my brain in that moment does not want to work on taxes. So if it gets a thought like, don't forget to do this next week, of course it's going to try to like get me out of this uncomfortable thing I'm doing and into this other thing that feels better, right? That's just our brain's job. Our brain loves to do three things. Avoid pain, seek pleasure, and do it as efficiently as possible. So that's why one reason we think that avoiding the pain of disorganization and chaos and forgetting things and losing our to-do list can be solved by avoiding that, but seeking pleasure in, oh, I just bought a new notebook. This will solve everything. Or, oh, look at this cute planner I just bought. This will solve everything. Remember how I talked about the how energy? Now, here's what I will say about my notepad is I write down things on it. The page fills up. I throw the page away because at the end of the day, I transfer all of those things into where they go in my system in Trello. I know for certain every damn day during my checkout process that I will take a look at that notepad and if there's something I need to do that day at the end of the day, it gets done. Or if it's something that happens later, I know exactly where it goes in my system, whether it's I need to put that in Trello or that idea for a podcast needs to go in my Trello podcast board or something that literally just needs to go on the calendar directly in there. It goes there and the magic here is getting to know your own systems. I created protocols years ago and at the time I didn't even know that's what I was doing but I was just like I'm gonna try this maybe it'll work. Not like I hope this works it better work I'm desperate right like I'm just so willing to test tons of shit and I don't make it mean anything if that's not a thing that works for me. 
And the other thing here is like, uh, I've mentioned this in, in the last week's podcast, like I'm going to do a podcast soon about my journey with my fitness pal. And I'm going through all the stages I see my clients go through. It's been a while since I myself has t- have tested a new app and I chose to start logging my food on my fitness pal. And I watched my brain do the thing where it's like, oh, the app doesn't work. This sucks. It's the app's fault that this isn't working and it's hard. And if only I had a different app, I wouldn't have this problem. But again, it's the skill of identifying what even the problem is and knowing that the app is just a neutral circumstance. In the model, circumstances do not determine our feelings and our actions. It's always our thoughts that drive our feelings and actions. So if I'm thinking my fitness pal doesn't work, I need to switch the app, i.e. switching the action, I will get the same result if my thought is this isn't working. And so I watched my brain try to give me that and the skill of identifying the real problem, which is my thought of this isn't working. And then I had to change my thoughts about it. I had to change my thoughts into the app works. I need to be the one to make it work. And then I'm committed and I am solution focused, not problem focused. And I'm looking for what specific problems am I having with the app? And is it logistically impossible for this app to do that? Or is it just that I need to learn how to manipulate some food weight amounts and numbers and calculations in order to make it work, which P.S. Usually that was the problem. It's like, I just need to learn how to use my damn food scale, right? And, and where was I blaming the app for not working? Like I was getting the results of this is not working. And then once I solved for the thought problems, remember, it's not a, always a tactical solution. If it, if it were a tactical solution, I could have changed the app. But in this instance, before I did all that, I just kept the app. I solved for the thought and it saved me like a kajillion hours of trying even a new app, right? So my point there is I didn't change the app. I decided, the key word being their decision, because you get to decide that this is the right app and it's up to me to make it work. It's up to you to create your own protocol, decide and believe ahead of time that this is the thing that will work, and then work, you know, you got to work your plan. If you're not following your plan, okay, well, then we don't even know what's not working, right? That's a whole podcast for another day. So to sum up, are you living and working out of this how-to energy of once I just get the right exact notepad, then I will know what to do? And am I in the space of I'm trying to outact my current results to get a new result? And how's that working for you? Generally, in my experience, I will spin and spin and spin in actions all damn day and nothing gets solved, right? If I'm working on a problem. But, and this is where if I get coached on something that I'm struggling with or even if I just do like a thought download and like run some models and plug things in, I'm like, oh, that's why this isn't working, right? Like I can laugh at myself. I'm like, all right, well that makes sense why none of this is working because I'm trying to just swap actions instead of solving for the thought. And if I can solve for the thought, it magically works, you know, like that's the easiest way to solve these problems. 
So notice if you are in how-to energy, you need the right exact how-to. Notice how if you were to envision the ideal version of you, and not just in like woo-woo visualization techniques, like I really want you to think about this like this. Ask yourself lots of questions like, who would I have to become? What type of person would I have to become to effortlessly create a protocol and stick to it and honor that protocol and not in the moment after I've planned the protocol and I've decided these are the things that I'm going to do daily in order to maintain my to-do list and my projects and my calendar. If you've decided that for yourself and that's your protocol, what type of person would plan that for herself or himself? What type of person would plan that and honor it as if it were the law? Like taking it as serious as death or taxes, right? What kind of person would never lose a to-do list? What would she be doing right now that I'm not currently doing? Or what would she not be doing that I am doing right now? Asking yourself powerful questions gets you powerful results. I love taking these kinds of questions to my journal. And yes, you guys, I do have a paper paper journal. Again, it's just like cheap as shit. Like not cheap, but just like it's just a standard, regular, non-fancy journal. It's kind of like my little inbox notebook. Like my inbox one, it's like an 8 by 5 right? Like it's not that big. But my journal one is like um, 8 and a half by 11 spiral bound on the top. So it's kind of like a mommy and a baby. <laughs> They're cute. Like uh, in those ones, the journal ones, like they have this cute blue plastic cover. And I buy them in bulk. Like I buy them like three or so at a time off of Amazon. If it were on subscribe and save, I'd do it, but I don't. So... Every once in a while, I just have to order more. And literally, like, I could get the same exact results from any kind of journal. I just choose these because I got the spiral bound at the top, which I like. And I don't have to, like, get my hand blocked by the, by the like, spiral in the middle. Anyway, this is, this is irrelevant. Okay, come back, come back to me. I'm, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it back. Listen. Okay, so as I was saying, what kinds of questions would be amazing for you to ask yourself? And I encourage you not to ask yourself, these, ask yourself these questions inside your own brain, right? We like to think that that's good enough, but I am telling you, writing it down on pen and paper is life-changing. I love using my journals, and I say journals, like, it's just a notebook, y'all. Like, that's all it is. It's plain. It's just, like, lined paper. It's nothing special. It's not, like, something fancy. And my point there is, like, it doesn't matter, like it doesn't it doesn't have to be anything fancy you can call it whatever the hell you want i keep paper in those forms my inbox notebook and my journal and sometimes i'll scan my journals get rid of them depending on what it is sometimes i save them but that's just what i make in my own protocol right so in terms of going paperless i still have paper but start asking yourself these questions like what type of person never loses their to-do list And I encourage you to write them down. I know that some of us are very attached to the paper and pen kind of like brain connection. And me too. But I only, I only like use that tool, the paper, like the pen and brain and paper connection when it serves me. So in this instance, it would not serve me to maintain to-do lists and projects like as a sustainable solution on paper. Like that just isn't. 
that's just not going to work for me because I've tested it and I know it doesn't work and I know exactly what pieces in it work and don't and I know exactly why for my own brain. So notice if you're trying to take somebody else's protocol like as if it's a diet and then testing it and saying, oh, well, this shit doesn't work. That's ridiculous. And then notice if you're judging yourself for it not working. Like there's a certain base level of it not working. I will give you that. But if then you are using that as a reason to beat yourself up or to give yourself a nice like ordering around like a drill sergeant in your head like, oh, you just have to make it work. Like you're so stupid. Just make it work. Like that kind of self-talk, which I am all too familiar with because I'm a human being on this planet. Notice how if it doesn't work, I'll give you that. Okay. And then you're using that as evidence to prove your original thought of I'm such a mess. Because that's what our brains do all day. They are programmed to find evidence for things we believe. So if you think you're a messy person, your brain will subconsciously create evidence to back up that that thought. We always like to prove ourselves true, even if it is painful as shit. It's sad, but it's true. Our brains just want to protect us. But at the end of the day, notice how you are deciding that you are like maybe you're deciding your thing doesn't work but then you're using that as a reason to also believe that you don't work or that something's wrong with you you are broken something's wrong with your brain and that's why this doesn't work those are all lies did you hear me those are all lies if it if it's painful, like excruciatingly painful and you feel like you're suffering, it's usually a thought that's a lie. One of my coaches said once, Jody Moore, she is a fantastic coach. She once said on a coaching call, I like to think of shame as a feeling that is always caused by thoughts that are lies. And so whenever I'm feeling shame, I know that it's my thinking, never like inherently something's broken about me and that's why I feel shame. And every single human being on the planet feels shame. And you know you're feeling shame if you want to hide, if you want to like cover up that you like maybe lost another to-do list or you're saying to your spouse or your boyfriend or whoever like, oh my God, I forgot to do that thing. Like... Notice how you're making it mean something about you if that happened. But what I want to offer is that your actions and your thoughts are completely separate from you. And if you're feeling shame, it's always caused by a lie. So let's let's sum it up for the second time. I think this is the second time I've said it. Consider that it's less about the how-to and more about the who you're trying to be and the more you can visualize yourself becoming that ideal version of yourself and like I said it's not in like a visualization woo-woo way it's like in order to get the results you want you have to become a different person with different thoughts so the more in my weight loss journey I practiced stepping into future Morgan who was 120 pounds who had lost the 80 pounds what is she doing that I'm not doing She's not messing around with a protocol. She's making a plan. She's eating exactly that. Even if it's not amazing or delicious or a party in her mouth, she's eating it because, excuse me, she's eating it because the the Morgan, the version of Morgan who planned it made the plan and 
She has such a deep self-trust knowing that this is the plan that works. All I have to do is show up and follow it. And it sounds so simple, but if it really were that simple, it would be done a lot more and easier. But like, what kind of thoughts is she having about her plans? Is she thinking, oh, that's such a stupid plan. I don't want to eat that. Yeah, usually. Like, let's be honest. Like, our brain doesn't really want a salad. It really just wants brownies. Because sugar is awesome. Our brains love sugar. And flour. But anyway, what are your thoughts about your plans? What are your thoughts about your current workflow and your productivity systems? And what, what would your ideal version be doing now? instead of what you're doing. And not in a way to beat yourself up, remember that we can become anybody we want to. And not, again, it's not like a cliche like, you can achieve all your dreams and you can you can do whatever you want and all of that, but like literally, like I said, we are humans with free will. We can choose thoughts whenever we want to. We can change them. We don't need to have any evidence to believe new things about ourselves, that we are organized people. And we do have a system that works, and I trust my system, and I know this works. And I know exactly how to evaluate and see the real problems here, and I know exactly how to solve problems. And I know if something's not working, usually it's my thinking that's not working. Am I right? So all that to say, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like maybe it's kind of working, there's some things you've tried that like kind of work. And some things that you're like, for sure, this is a hot mess. Just come talk to me. I am available to chat anytime you want. Go to my website, morgandotsoncoaching.com. If you want to sign up for a free consult call to talk about coaching, I would love that. And if you want to stay tuned with podcast episodes that I, I release weekly on Wednesdays or Thursdays, sometimes depending on how fast Apple will upload them, Go to my website at the very bottom of the homepage, and if you're listening to this several years in the future, maybe it's somewhere else on on the homepage or whatever, go get on the email list, and that's how you'll know when I come out with new episodes or what the episodes are, and that is there for you as a resource, and like I said, I have a couple really fun podcast episodes coming up. Like I said, I'm going to be talking about inboxes and that whole concept as a tool that I teach. And I'm also going to be talking soon about routines. I love routines. There are many facets to making them work, and I would love to share everything I know about them with you. And like I said, I'm going to be talking about my fitness pal soon. But it's not necessarily just about my fitness pal. It's about the concept of making an app work for you. And you working the app instead of saying, this isn't working. And relying on the app to do all the heavy lifting. Alright, this was a little bit of a longer podcast. I went kind of on a rant. But thanks for listening. Thanks for staying with me this whole time. I cannot wait to share more with you. And I love you all. And I'm so happy you're here. I cannot wait to see you all again next week. Alright y'all, bye bye.